what makes a good franchise for you and your particular lifestyle and situation and skill set is not necessarily going to match up with us. And there's a lot of subjective factors that you need to take into account that our formula is not going to take into account. We're very proud of our ranking, but do not use it to just buy a franchise based on the Franchise 500 ranking. And don't assume also because a franchise ranks higher than another one that that lower one is a bad franchise or that a franchise that doesn't make it into the ranking is a bad franchise. Welcome to the I Fired My Boss Franchise Podcast. My name is Dan Claps, founder and CEO of Franchise Playbook, a franchisor platform where we create, own, and operate dynamic franchise brands in the mobile services space. And my life's goal is to help people just like you fire their boss and become a business owner. And I'm Christian Dadalak, top franchise consultant and co-founder of Real Franchising, a leading franchise consulting firm. And together, we're on a mission to help people fire their boss, hire themselves, and live the American dream through franchise ownership. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the I Fired My Boss podcast with Christian Dadalek and Dan Claps. Very excited for this episode as we have Tracy Staff Harold from Entrepreneur, going to be talking about the uh, well-known Entrepreneur 500 um, and just really franchising in general and how Entrepreneur contributes to this fantastic industry. Um, but before we kick into there, Christian, how have you been? I, I know we talk every day, it seems, but checking in. Doing fantastic. Doing fantastic as always. Keeping busy over here at Franchise Sidekick. Loving every minute of what I do on a daily basis. And I know you're busy over there with uh, Franchise Playbook and, and Voda, but super pumped for, for Tracy today and to, to hear from our guest because I think she has a lot of amazing things to share. I think Entrepreneur is an amazing resource, not just for franchising, but just for business ownership in general and just staying plugged in and excited to hear how people that are in our audience that are maybe thinking about buying a franchise can use the Entrepreneur 500 list as a, as a tool to help them with their franchise search in addition to using a, a franchise consultant, broker advisor, or online research and those types of things. So Tracy, thank you so much for coming on the show. We're super lucky to have you. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I got to tell you, you have an incredible microphone. It sounds like a... Oh, good. <laughs> well, we usually, if you've listened to our show, we always like to start off with just, instead of us giving the background, we'd love to know, no one really uh, goes to school thinking I'm going to get into franchising. So how uh, how did you get into franchising and, and into entrepreneur? Well, I have been with entrepreneur, well, I was a full-time employee for 20 years now. I actually interned there when I was in college, uh, going to UC Irvine. So the uh, entrepreneur office was in Irvine at the time. And so it was right around the corner. I you know, wanted to have some sort of career in publishing or something that involved writing. And so I did a couple of internships with them. And then once I graduated, I was looking for work. The funny thing is, um, when I was interning with Entrepreneur, uh, I was not working in the franchise department, but I worked kind of across the cubicle from the franchise department. Basically, they were on the other side of my cubicle. And so I would hear them working. And to be honest, at the time, um, as a college student, I thought that sounds like a terrible job and I would never want to work um, in the franchise department here. Um, 
of course, as a you know new graduate, desperately looking for work, and an opening came up at Entrepreneur, and because they knew me and I was an intern, um, they reached out to me, and uh, it was in the franchise department. <laughs> so now I have been in the franchise department for twenty years, and definitely you know over the years have uh, grown into it, and you know come to be kind of the resident expert in franchising, and I promise I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't realize an entrepreneur's uh, HQ, or at least I don't know if today, but back in the day was in Irvine. I- I'm a California, um, well, California myself. I'm in Scottsdale now. I just moved here to Scottsdale like a couple of weeks ago, but I'm from Santa Clarita, uh, up where Six Flags Magic Mountain is. So I'm not super, super far from Irvine. So interesting. But yeah, I think our office is in Santa Ana now, but still Southern California based. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, glad to hear that. Uh, like like uh, most of us, franchising kind of fell in your lap, and probably wasn't the first thing you thought it was. But what what um, when you when you got into the the franchise side of things, I mean, what what was it about franchising that caused you to go from? And I'm not sure that that sounds kind of boring. That sounds kind of like maybe something I wouldn't want to do. To I love franchising, or or wherever you're at, but at least I don't hate it. <laughs> and you've been doing it and it's been on the franchise side of things for, for quite some time now. So what, what, what was the shift there? Uh, I don't know. You know, it's not like there was a sudden moment where it happened, yeah. but uh, I think if you're just, you know, working with the industry long enough, it becomes your industry. <laughs> it becomes something that you are passionate about and interested in. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes down to the people for sure. Yeah. And, you know, we, we have been working with a lot of the same people over the years and, you know, sometimes they will switch from brand to brand and, you know, we'll, we'll see their face and their name pop up again. So it's always interesting to get to know the personalities that are in the industry as well. And so tell us a little bit more about what your role looks like now at, at Entrepreneur. What do you do exactly on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. What's your role? So my title is special projects editor, but essentially I am the franchise editor. I mainly work on the franchise 500 and all of the other franchise rankings and lists that we put together throughout the year. So in addition to the franchise 500, which are, which is our big ranking that we put out every January and uh, we just had our 45th annual franchise 500 come out um, a couple weeks ago. The uh, We also put rankings in every issue of the magazine. So usually there are at least one to two rankings in every issue of the magazine that we put out. So I am essentially in charge of uh, wrangling that data, uh, making sure that the rankings all make sense, putting them together, uh, making sure that they look nice in the magazine, along with obviously a lot of help, but... Uh, that is essentially what I do is the franchise rankings and lists. So just to, to kind of give our audience an understanding, what is the franchise 500 ranking and how does it get ranked? Like how, how is the ranking work? Sure. So uh, we like to call it the oldest or what do we call it? <laughs> the oldest, most comprehensive franchise ranking in the world. Uh, we've been doing it since 1980. And, uh, you know, the way that we do it has evolved over the years, but we have developed a uh, proprietary formula. But 
to go back. Um, the process essentially starts every June. Usually we will reach out to franchisors and invite them to participate in the Franchise 500. So it's all voluntary. If you don't see a brand on the Franchise 500, it is probably because they chose not to participate. Um, we get people asking all the time, why isn't such and such brand on the list? You know, what did they do wrong? And it's just, they didn't want to be a part of it. Um, but we do get, uh, w this year we got 1,389 um, applications. So 1,389 different brands that participated, which is, as far as I know, a record number. Um, and But it increases every year that we do it. And so we are getting a pretty good chunk of the industry represented in the list. So we invite those franchisors to participate. We have a very extensive online application that they have to fill out. And then we also require them to provide us with their franchise disclosure document, uh, a list of units to verify the numbers that they're reporting to us, and some other documentation just to help us check their information and make sure that everything that they're telling us is correct. And then basically our team goes through every single application with a fine-tooth comb, comparing it to their FDD, comparing it to that list of units that they supply us with, um, and seeing if anything doesn't match up or any, anything you know is questionable or doesn't make sense. And we will go back and forth with the franchisors to try to make sure that the the data that we're ranking them on and the data that we're presenting to our audience is as accurate as possible. And then once we are comfortable with all of the data for all, you know, 1300 plus brands, we run it through our proprietary ranking formula. And the, um, the major kind of, we look at more than 150 data points. So, um, a, it's proprietary, and B, it's a lot of data. So we're not going to get into the nitty gritty on that, but the kind of the major overview of what we look at is uh, we look at costs and fees, size and growth, um, how they support their franchisees, the strength of the brand, and then the financial strength and stability of the, uh, the company. So we look at all of those factors, um, and then we, you know, our, our formula gives us the ranking based on that data. And that is the Franchise 500. And this is not just food, obviously. This is every sort of industry out there, anyone that applies. And so the franchise, theoretically, a home services franchise could, is getting ranked against a fast casual food concept and everything else. So it has nothing to do with industry necessarily, but, but more it's about those um, different data points, like you mentioned, within those you know, general realm of things. Right. And, you know, there are some, everyone receives a score in those five areas that, that, that I named, but it's not as if a home service company is going to be compared to a giant food franchise in quite the same way. So we try to look at apples and apples, oranges and oranges. Um, you know, there are certain data points that we have multiple different ways of looking at them to make sure that we are comparing franchises fairly based on, you know, what their costs are, what industry they're in, um, what size they are and that sort of thing. So that even, you know, smaller franchises or franchises in different industries have a chance to be ranked. That's excellent. And just for our listeners that are, are voted franchise owners or candidates, we, we launched in April and brought on our first franchise owner in June. So not on the list this year, but next year we, we will be. So uh, 
you know, it's interesting. I, I always find that, you know, a lot of times, you know, when it comes to surveys and different uh, methods of, of making rankings, people don't always realize that sometimes, it, like you said, the brand's not in there. It doesn't mean they, they didn't, you know, they didn't do the forms or, or whatever else. But I've always enjoyed over my 10 years in franchising, looking at the franchise 500 rankings and seeing, you know, seeing that kind of, kind of, you know, the growth and where, where growth is happening. You know, franchising, you know, there's so many different things to evaluate when you're looking at a franchise brand. And one of them is the speed at which it's growing, right? It, it, in my opinion, if I was buying a franchise and I saw that they're rewarding territory at a, uh, not too fast, but at a sustainable rate, it, you know, it's validation that a lot of people have gone through that process already and felt like they were ready to pull the, the, the trigger. And it's great that you're also ranking based on financial capabilities and leadership and, and everything else. Um, so like what, what would be the number one brand? Like what would make someone the number one brand? Is it, is it a, a combination? Like what would be kind of the poster child of best, best brand? <laughs> well, to be number one, you really have to score high in all five of those areas that I mentioned. So, you know, your cost and fees have to be good. Your uh, size and growth has to be good. Your, um, the way you're supporting your franchisees has to be not just good, but great. I mean, the top of the list is extremely competitive. Um, your brand strength has to be great. Your financial strength has to be great. Um, I can tell you what our number one is this year. Um, it's Taco Bell. And this is their fourth year in a row being number one on the list. So obviously they are hitting it out of the park in all of those areas over and over again. Um, but as I said, the the top of the list is extremely competitive. So to rank anywhere in the top, you really have to score well in every area, not just, you know, okay, we're, we're growing great, but our financials are a little weak or, you know, or vice versa or anything like that. Makes sense. I mean, so even just getting on the Entrepreneur 500 is tough because you said, I think there's over 1,600 applicants. Over 1,300, yeah. 1,300. Um, that's that's still yeah, it's still tough to even just get on the list. And then even within the people on the list, I mean, obviously you want to be closer to the number one spot and further away from the 500 spot. So that's interesting, um, of course. One thing that I'm curious about that you you said originally was you know some people just choose not to um, participate. And I'm curious, you know, what are some of those reasons? Are they just lazy? They don't want to fill out the paperwork, or is it because I, I would think that being listed on the Entrepreneur 500 is kind of prestigious, no? Yeah, I, I think a lot of brands, you know, it's bragging rights for them. They they are passionate about it. And, you know, we definitely see that when the results come out, because if they're not ranked where they want to be, um, we definitely hear from them. But um, there are brands, you know, uh, there are big brands that have not ever participated with us or have not participated with us in many years. I mean, I'll name probably the most obvious one is Chick-fil-A. Um, and as you guys probably know, they say getting into Chick-fil-A as a franchisee is harder than getting into like I don't know if it's Yale or Harvard, you know, one of those Ivy League schools. Yeah, I agree, right. So Chick-fil-A really doesn't need um, any extra <laughs> any extra publicity to say, you know, we're a great franchise. Everybody already believes that. Now, I, we have a lot of great large brands on our list. I'm not saying that, you know, all the big brands think it's not worth their time to be on our list. Obviously, we've got, you know, Taco Bell, McDonald's, Subway, um, KFC, um, a lot of those big guys. And we're getting more of the bigger brands um, year by year. Um, you know, in the last couple of years, we've gotten Burger King and Wendy's to participate, for instance. So um, we're getting more and more of those big brands to recognize the value of participating. 
Um, but it was also um, smaller brands do not always necessarily, or newer brands don't always necessarily realize the value of being a part of the Franchise 500. And I think a lot of times it is the thinking that, uh, well, we're not going to rank in the top 500, so it's not worth our time to be a part of it. But um, we've really tried to get over that hurdle of getting people to realize that even if you're not going to rank in the Franchise 500, it absolutely is worth your time to fill out that form, which is kind of intimidating, especially if it's your first time doing it. But um, you'll get your free franchise listing in entrepreneur.com. You'll get a free listing in that January issue. You're, you know, everyone who applies, whether they're ranked or not, is listed in the Franchise 500 issue. And then your Franchise 500 application is also your application for every other list and ranking that we do for the next year. So we have a top new and emerging franchises list. We have top home-based and mobile franchises list. We have top franchises for veterans. We have all these other lists that you can be a part of potentially if you submit your Franchise 500 application. If you'd like our help investing in a franchise at no cost to you, head over to ifiredmybosspodcast.com and fill out the form to schedule a free consultation. I think sometimes it's just awareness too, right? Like I know for me, like in June, if I don't get an email that says, do this entrepreneur, I'm not going to think about it. And so some, some probably aren't also in the lists or, you know, see it online right. or, or, or any, or anything else. I, I also think it's interesting. Like you have to take the ranking too with a grain of salt in the sense that just some, some, some industries are just substantially more consumer facing. I was thinking about, you know, in my space, I'm in the restoration space. ServPro has 2,000 locations. It's pretty well known, but it's not that well known, right? We all probably, every American knows about Taco Bell. Um, and I, it is a bigger brand, but that's because it also faces such a larger addressable mm-hmm. market. So like, I think that that's interesting. Do you guys do um, breakouts between food and fitness and home services, or is it all just one one blanket? So we do, like you're saying, um, you know, the brand strength as far as consumer facing is not going to be the same for a Taco Bell versus a Surf Pro. And that's, again, one of the factors where we are not comparing the food brands to the restoration brands. We're comparing, uh, you know, what's your brand strength within the restoration category? What's your brand strength within the food category? Um, And then we do, um, within the Franchise 500 issue, we don't list the companies 1 to 500. We list them by their categories. So you will see, um, you know, who is, you know, who is top in the sandwiches category? Who's number one in Mexican food? Who's number one in restoration? And then, you know, who's number two and three and four and so on. Um, We also honor all of the companies that come in at number one in our categories and what we call our best of the best list, um, which we publish every year as well. So yeah, we definitely try to break down lists in different ways and we, we will do online lists as well of what are the top restoration franchises? What are the top, you know, cleaning franchises? What are the top food franchises? So yeah, we try to, you know, use our data that we collect for this Franchise 500 because it does take us a lot of work to use it in multiple different ways. That makes sense. And like you mentioned also, you have other lists throughout the year that based on different categories and that sort of thing. No, I think that, I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, so I, I guess a, a good question also would be for somebody that is thinking about buying a franchise, obviously there's so many resources out there. There's lots of information. There's lots of maybe misinformation. There's, you know, things, you know, 
they want the good, the bad, and the ugly about franchising. And they want the good, the bad, and the ugly about specific brands. Because my perspective is when I work with people that are thinking about buying a franchise, it's yeah, franchising can be great. There's a lot of potential rewards and benefits, and you could, you know, build some serious wealth if you do it the right way. But with any business and any opportunity, you're also to some extent buying into a set of challenges. And you need to know going in what those challenges are. And then also know, know thyself, know if you are equipped with the right skills, right capital, right relationships. And frankly, the, the, the willingness to deal with that certain specific type of challenge. And so I think the more information you can get through the due diligence process, the better. And I think that resources like the Entrepreneur 500 could, um, could be very, very helpful. But I'm curious as, as an insider, what is your perspective on a way that people that are, and, and I'm sure a lot of people that are maybe top of the funnel, like they're, they're just starting their look, um, or maybe even people that are deep in the process, but how, what would you recommend as an insider in terms of what are the best ways to use the Entrepreneur 500 list to evaluate which opportunities that they'd like to investigate further and then maybe which ones that um, they want to stay away from? Yeah. Well, like I said, we um, we try to do our best to make sure that all of the information that we are publishing is completely accurate. So the Franchise 500 as a tool, if you're looking to buy a franchise, I think that's, you know, kind of what it is, is it's a great source of information to just kind of have a snapshot to compare, especially if you know, like what industry you're interested in. You can see, again, you know, who all is in that industry? How many units do they have? What does their growth look like? What are their costs like? How do they all compare to each other? Um, we always emphasize, like you said, due diligence, due diligence, due diligence. Um, do not buy a franchise just based on the Franchise 500 ranking. Um, Taco Bell is a great franchise, but it is not going to be the best franchise for every person or even the majority of people. Um, like you said, you have to know what your strengths are. You have to know what you're interested in and what your budget is and what your you know, skills are to find the right franchise for you. And I think the Franchise 500 where you have you know, over 1,300 franchises laid out for you can be a great starting point for that to just see what is available out there and then go from there doing your own research. Um, because also, you know, the Franchise 500 is based all on objective data and on our, you know, metrics of what we think makes a good franchise and a strong franchise. What makes a good franchise for you and your particular lifestyle and situation and skill set is not necessarily going to match up with us. And there's a lot of subjective factors that you need to take into account that our formula is not going to take into account. So um, we're very proud of our ranking, but do not use it to just buy a franchise <laughs> based on the Franchise 500 ranking. And don't assume also that, you know, because a franchise ranks higher than another one, that it's necessarily, you know, that lower one is a, a bad franchise or that a franchise that doesn't make it into the ranking is a bad franchise. Um, in my opinion, I mean, only, I mean, I think 35% of all of the companies that applied this year made it into the ranking. Um, I think a lot of those other 65% are very good brands. And, um, you know, I would 
probably consider buying one if I had the capital and the skill set to do so. Um, so don't discount a franchise because it's not ranked in the franchise 500. But um, the franchise 500, you know, can be a great tool to see what companies are really having a strong performance. And our other rankings can be a great tool for that as well. So again, if you're, you know, kind of adventurous and okay with getting in with a new and emerging brand, check out our new and emerging franchises list. It's going to have a lot of companies on it that didn't rank on the franchise 500, but they're good up and coming brands. I think that's fantastic. And that actually makes me want to dovetail a little bit into another subject, which is um, like the turnover of the list. So we've heard Taco Bell four years in a row has been number one, which is fantastic. But how common is it for brands to stay at those rankings? Like, you know, and, and is it, do you find that most brands tend to move up in the ranking? Do they stay kind of stagnant, static and around the same spot? Do brands fall off a lot? I mean, I'm sure it varies from year to year, but I mean, like what percentage of that list was there the prior year and what percentage are completely new if you have any data on that? That's a great question. I don't have data on that, you know, in front of me. It's not something that I uh, came prepared with, unfortunately. You know, we do see a lot of the same brands make it year after year. Um, we actually started last year what we call our Hall of Fame franchises. And that is honoring franchises that have uh, ranked in the Franchise 500 for 25 years or more in consecutively. And I believe there are about 50 of those this year. So there are some brands that are with us, you know, year after year after year, and they have a consistent performance. You know, maybe they move up or down a little bit, but um, we see brands rising up. We see other brands falling down. And that kind of, you know, is something that we try to get across to franchisors too, is you're not being ranked in a vacuum. So you can have the same performance one year to the next, but if, you know, 20 other companies had a better performance, they might move up on the list and you're getting bumped down, so to speak. Uh, and that's why your ranking is lower this year. Um, the participants change from year to year. There are more participants. We're getting bigger brands, as I said, to participate. So it is becoming very competitive. It's interesting. Like I think with any, you know, type of, you know, trade publication or ranking system, or, you know, it's sometimes too, it's, it's getting in there and getting into the system. Like, just, you know, playing devil's advocate. Like I, I think about myself, I just spoke at an event and now I'll probably speak at that event every year. Right. Cause you're in there kind of their system. And as I mentioned, sometimes it's just like, you know, you, you, you took the time to do the application. And after you saw the results, you'd keep doing that because it helps a ton. Um, sometimes you don't realize how it, like helpful that is. Like if I think about Taco Bell, maybe at the stage they're at, they're not thinking about selling franchises as much because they've got so many, but they're thinking about how do we attract great executives, right? And hey, here's a ranking that shows we're the top franchise in this ranking. You know, rankings have so many different purposes depending on, you know, the stage of the career. Like I'll give you an example. I do this podcast. Why do I do this podcast? It's nothing to do with rankings, but the more I do podcasts and put out content, the more I find that I hire employees very easily. They saw my content. They like our culture. They join, right? There's so many reasons you do um, a ranking and and it's not just franchise development. There's so many other factors to it. Um, and I think it's great too. If you don't score in um, certain areas, you can see that, you know, um, and I know for us, I know it's a different ranking, but we use like our FBR scores as, 
substantial, you know, hiring tools and compensation model tools and everything else. Um, so if, if, if I'm a franchisor listening and I want to attempt to get on the ranking in the future, Tracy, where, where would I go? If I'm a listener listening right now. Excellent question. So, um, if you're not already on our mailing list, if you're not already in our database, if you've never participated in the Franchise 500 before, or if you're not sure if you have, um, we have a form on our website if you go to entrepreneur.com. And I think if you just use our search bar and type in like submit a new franchise or submit a franchise listing or something like that, there's a short little form that you can fill out. It's just, you know, basically what is your franchise, your contact information, um, that sort of thing. And that allows us to get you added to our database. So you're on our mailing list and let you know that, you know, here's how you get your online listing. And then we'll reach out to you when it's time to apply for the franchise 500. So that's the easiest way. You can also reach out to us at franchise 500 at entrepreneur.com and, you know, say, Hey, we want to be on the franchise 500. How do we do it? Are we already on your mailing list? You know, what's up? We're happy to help you out there. I love it. I was going to ask, um, you know, what's the, uh, the 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 pitch, quote unquote, for you know, merging franchisors and for new new people to to get on the list. And I think Dan already kind of did that himself as a you know newer franchisor. And so I think, yeah, look, if you're uh, there's there's nothing wrong with. I think it's better to get your foot in the door early and to start acting like a bigger franchisor earlier on, and then you you grow in and you step into that role. And I think the feedback is helpful too. I mean, so, so Tracy, you know, before we wrap up here, for those that don't make the ranking or don't make the list, is there any kind of feedback? Do they understand exactly where they fell short or what markers that they could have improved upon to have made the ranking? Or, or is there any kind of feedback mechanism for them? Um, we don't reach out to everyone and tell them, you know, here's why you didn't sure. rank or anything like that. Um, it would be difficult to do. Yeah, it's probably a lot of work. We did create a program this year called um, Entrepreneur Verified. And that is basically just recognizing those franchisors that applied for our ranking, got through the vetting process. Um, because actually we had uh, probably maybe 30 or 40 franchises that you know, filled out the form, but maybe, you know, didn't give us correct information and we could never, never get it vetted or they didn't give us a current FDD or anything like that. So by us saying you're entrepreneur verified, you didn't rank in the franchise 500, but we have verified your information that you're a legitimate franchise opportunity. You had a current FDD. The information that we have listed on our site is correct as far as we are able to, you know, tell. And so, you know, we just wanted to give those franchises a little something where they can say, you know, hey, we we passed entrepreneurs vetting process basically. But um, as far as letting them know why they did not rank, if they reach out to us and ask for an explanation, we do try to look at their data and let them know, okay, well, you scored well in this area, but you didn't score well in this area, or here's where you might have fallen short. I hate to tell you that because it does take a lot of my time answering those emails, but 
But we understand, you know, people take this list seriously, which we appreciate because we take it seriously. And they want to understand why they didn't rank um, as well as they think they should or why they didn't rank at all. And so, yes, definitely they can email us at franchise500 at entrepreneur.com and ask us um, for an explanation of why they did not rank as well as they could um, or as, as well as they thought they would. And we will do our best to provide them an explanation, um, hopefully satisfactory one. Yeah. And I don't want to create more work for you, but it is nice to know that, that they can do that. Yeah. Um, and, and one thing I'll say, just as an advocate for the franchise industry, and I think that if you're in franchising, you really should be an advocate, not just for your brand or your franchisees or your specific category within franchising. But I think franchising as a whole, you need to be a champion for because I think it is one of the most under-discussed, undervalued, not quite as much known about or, or properly understood wealth creation vehicles that, that is out there in the marketplace. And I think that for those of you that are listening that may be um, our newer franchisors or, or franchisees, step into the entrepreneur ecosystem because Entrepreneur Magazine truly lives that out in terms of being true supporters of the franchise industry in a pretty big way. And like you mentioned, Tracy, maybe they don't get on the, the Entrepreneur 500 list now, but down the road, things change. But you also have those other lists throughout the year that are very important lists to be on for you know home-based businesses or maybe home services or emerging brands like you mentioned. So I think just stepping into that ecosystem, playing ball and, and supporting a company that is just a huge advocate of franchising is awesome because at the end of the day, we all believe in franchising and we all need to make franchising better together. And so supporting the companies that are investing into that, I think is really critical. So thanks for all you do. And um, and we're super, super awesome and, and happy that uh, the Entrepreneur 500 exists. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and we, we think of the Franchise 500 as a celebration of the industry, you know, as a whole, you know, not just the companies that rank, but all of the opportunities that are out there that are, you know, helping people to, you know, take their, take their work into their own hands and make a way for themselves through franchising. So yeah, our, our franchise 500 issue always has a lot of great stories about franchising and there are, again, so many opportunities out there and we want to shine a light on all of them. Awesome. Thanks again, Tracy, for joining. And uh, thanks for our listeners for listening to another episode of the I Fired My Boss podcast. We'll see you on the next one. You're f***ing fired. If you want to say those words to your boss, make sure you head on over to ifiredmybosspodcast.com and fill out the form to schedule a no-cost consultation. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend who might also want to fire their boss. 